Good morning, K Chapel. Good morning to all of those who are online with us. This is the day that the Lord has made. And what are we to do? Rejoice. Rejoice and give him praise. Is there anyone else that's just as thankful as I am that we made it through some floods this week? That we are not in the uh, land of the non-living, but we are still in the land of the living? Can we say hallelujah? Can you raise hands of praise this morning? Just thanking him for the activities of your limbs. Thank you, Lord. Let us pray. Oh, God, we adore you. We praise your holy name. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for allowing us to stand up on our own two feet this morning. That you put breath in our body and you allowed us to be able to speak this morning. You gave us some sight that we can see and you gave us control of our minds this morning. And we just want to say thank you, Lord. And Lord, we, we are here not because we've been so good. We want to confess our sins right now, Lord Jesus. Because there were things that you told us to do this week that we didn't do. And then there were some things that you didn't tell us to do that we did do. And we just want to say, Lord, forgive us of our sins because we know that we are not perfect and we're striving, Lord. But we just want to say thank you for your grace and mercy. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your son, Jesus. And most important, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to meet you at the cross this morning. And now, Lord... There are prayers, there are songs, there are scriptures that have been prepared in this worship service. And we ask you, Lord, to let us open our hearts so that we can receive them. And as we receive them and we digest them this morning, let us not be so selfish that when we leave this place, we keep it all to ourselves. Let us go forth telling a dying world that the wages of sin is still death, but the gift of God is eternal life. We ask you, Lord, to bless the pastor and the preach word this morning. Bless our children as they come to you this morning. Bless every usher that stands on your door. Bless every congregation that's open this morning for service in your holy name. And we are so grateful. And we say together, amen. amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. In the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. And our children are going to sing for us every praise to our Lord. Let us join with them.
Good morning. I am youth deacon Todd Shelby Bridgman, and this morning I will be reading from 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verses 14, 14 through 17, and they read as follows. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly, fur thoroughly furnished unto all good works. God's word for God's people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pause to say thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for being a mighty God that is everywhere. One that sits up high, looks down low. One that walks with us and talks with us and orders our steps daily. We say a special prayer for the families that have been suffering from the loss of loved ones. Father, we ask that you intervene in a mighty way to keep them encouraged and remind them that you are our refuge and our strength. A very present help in times of trouble we thank you for our pastor that will be providing the spoken word this morning. We ask that today's lesson inspire us all to remain faithful in our work of being the type of Christians that you created us to be. Lastly, we thank you, Father, for giving us your only begotten son, Jesus, the true reason for the season. We ask these and other blessings in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Let the church say amen. Did you all see that drama over there? And then the leader of every praise. Let's thank God for all of our children. Thank God for our children that are in church and working for the Lord. Every day we see where juveniles are getting in trouble. We have got to show love to our children and show appreciation when they do the right thing. Amen. This is fourth Sunday, and we remind those of you that are joining us by way of live streaming that at the end of this service, we will observe one of the two ordinances of the Baptist Church, which is that of communion. So if you didn't get a chance to come by the church to get your, your elements, then just get you a small piece of bread or cracker and some juice, as we will observe communion at the end of the service. New Members Ministry will host our annual ministry expo on Sunday, February 4th, and that will be from 9 until 10.30 a.m. in the Family Life Gym. Come and learn about the many ways and places that you can volunteer, serve, and get connected at CAVE. Join the CAVE Chapel Youth Department for a parent social, which will be held on February 3rd, 
from 11 until 12 noon in the Family Life Gym as we take a closer look at this year's exciting events in youth ministries and lunch will be provided. But now you must register by January 30th. The Youth Department Museum trip will take place on February 24th from 10 until noon. Join us as we experience black history and excellence on a historical museum visit. This trip is required for participation in the National Baptist Congress Convention. So sign up today on the Cade Chapel website. And we will remind you, visit the announcement page on www.cadechapel.org announcements for additional information about events happening in our surrounding community. And last but not least, we just gonna again just say we appreciate and we honor our retired representative, Sister Alice Clark. <clears throat> the Bible says give credit to whom credit is due. Give honor to whom honor is due. Alice, you are part of this family, and we love you and we appreciate you. God bless you. Good morning, K.E. Chapel. Well, it's tithes and offering time. <laughs> yes, sir. Listen, I, I encourage everyone to participate in this moment of worship for the Bible declares that it's better to give than to it's better to give than to receive. And so now it's time for us to bless the Lord through our giving. And so we understand fully that worshiping God includes giving. And we give primarily for three reasons here at K Chapel. One, we give because we demonstrate our obedience to God's word. We also give as a sign of our thankfulness to God for giving us blessings and provisions uh, to live this life. And lastly, we give because we want to see God's kingdom grow here on earth. So uh, if you are watching by live stream, you see the QR code uh, that includes our ways to give. You can give here in person. Uh, if you're seated in the sanctuary, uh, there are receptacles by the door. Uh, before you leave, just make sure you drop that off before you leave. Amen. You can also give by way of the K Chapel app. And if you're not here, uh, you can also give by mail, by mailing it to the church. For God truly loves a cheerful giver. God bless you.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this offering that is being received today, as it will be used for the uplifting of your kingdom. Father, we truly thank you for all that you have provided, and as we journey through the days ahead, we ask that you prepare our journey, guide our footsteps, and the Holy Spirit watch over us on every path we follow. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Good morning, K Chapel. First Peter, fifth chapter, tenth verse, and this comes from the NIV version. It says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. We ask that you continue to pray for all our bereaved families. Mr. Willie Edwards, the husband of one of our deceased members, Sister Robbie Edwards, transitioned on yesterday. As soon as we get information regarding the service for Mr. Edwards, it will be shared with you. The funeral for Brother Lawrence Lewis will be held on tomorrow, Monday, January 29th, here at Kate Chapel at 11 o'clock a.m. We have in the hospital nursing home or in rehab, Brother Limus Magruder and Brother Glenn Barnes. We have recovering at home, Sister Annie Poindexter, Sister Mary Poindexter, Sister Anita Shaw, Sister Johnny Jackson, Reverend Leroy Harrington, Mr. Melvin Scott, Brother John Sanders, Brother Kavara Collins, and Brother Willie Lindsay. We are asking for prayer, Mr. William Carter. Those related to church members that are asking for prayer are Miss Lena Perry, Mr. Lewis Barnes, Mr. Leonis Bonner, Mr. Keith Fogger, Miss Dolores Phillips, Mr. Larry Milton, Miss Demetrius Wallace, Mr. Clyde Cameron, Miss Renee Collins, Miss Laquana Caston and Javante Noel. We have a card here that says, thank you so much for making my world a little more beautiful with your kindness. It really meant a lot to my Kate Chapel family, bereavement ministry and deacon ministry. I want to thank you for your prayers, kindness, and your thoughtfulness during this difficult time. It means a lot to me and my family. Continue in prayer for us. This comes from Sister Linda Stewart and family. And as you travel during the week, don't forget our long-term members. And remember, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, thank God that you can. Let us pray. Father God, we come this morning. And once again, Lord, we come with bowed heads and we come with humbled hearts. We come, Lord, just to say thank you for the blessings you bestowed upon us, for blessings seen and unseen. But most of all, Father, we just want to say thank you for our health and our strength. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would look down on all of those bereaved families, look down on all those that are dealing with different illnesses this morning, O oh Lord, Father, we ask you we, you would just drench their lives with your grace and your mercy. Father, we love you. We need you. 
and we can do nothing without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Anybody got a thank you in your heart this morning? Can we take just a moment and do a little bit of that old thank you? Oh, yes. It's real simple. Thank you. That's all it is. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Oh, oh. Yeah. Tell him. <laughs> Somebody say, what am I thanking him for? Because he's been good. You've been mighty good. Mm. Oh, Lord, you've been mighty good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's been good. You've been mighty good. Mm-hmm. You've been my 
tell him. Thank you. <laughs> Somebody got a reason to tell him thank you this morning. Oh. 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 Thank you. Oh, you've been mighty, mighty, mighty good. You've been mighty good. I don't deserve it, but you've been mighty good. Oh. To me. Now open your mouth and tell him thank you. Come on, open your mouth and tell him thank you. Come on, open your mouth and tell him thank you. Lord, I thank you this morning. I bless you this morning. I worship you this morning. You've been good. You've been good. You've been good. Better than good. My, 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 my. He's been mighty good. Mighty good to me. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. God's been good to us. And we got a reason to worship the Lord. Got a reason to shout about it. Got a reason to lift up holy hands. Got a reason to dance if I need to dance. Got a reason. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. It's Youth Sunday, y'all. Can we bless God for our young people? Come on, bless God for our young people. Been leading us through this worship service and we thank God for them. They're going to continue to lead us into this worship experience. Amen. Because God is a good God. My God. Y'all look like y'all finna worship him. Amen. So I'm going to get out the way and let you do just that.
somebody bless the Lord in this house if you're safe come on and bless the Lord if you know you're safe go on and bless the Lord if you thank you for his arms protecting you and his head covering you and his and his hand holding you you ought to say I'm I'm so glad he shall hide hide I'm so glad he shall hide me safe. Oh, I'm safe, so safe in his his arms, his arms, his arms, I'm safe. So well, why don't you bless the Lord? We are safe in the Master's arms. We are safe in his arms. We are safe in his arms. And how grateful we are. Mm. My God, my God. And I'm in his arms. The devil can't get me in his arms. The fire won't burn me in his arms. The flood won't drown me in his arms. The wind won't blow me down. I'm safe in his arms. Come what may in life, I will fear no evil, <laughs> for the Lord is with me. Hallelujah. Is the Lord with you today? Are you sure? Do you know it for a fact? The Lord is with us. Amen. Help me celebrate our youth one more time. 
Hallelujah. Come on, let's celebrate. Our, these, are our, these are our youth, y'all. Let's celebrate them. Let's celebrate them. Amen. We're thankful to God for them, for how God is using them, what God is doing through them. And if we don't celebrate them, who will? Amen. Amen. While you're in the celebrating mood, let me lift up one or two of our young people in particular who had some great accomplishments recently. Uh, little Mr. Ants Payton. Is he here? Ants, are you here? Ants, Ants, stand up. Stand up, Ants. Ants is a fourth grader at Madison Station Elementary School. He is the great-grandchild of Sister, Brother and Sister Davis there. Now, let me tell you what Ants did. Ants recently took a test. It's the test for uh, English language skills and for mathematics. My understanding is, I'm going to read it right here and make sure I get it right. Now, the state average for Ants' grade is 468. The district average is 477. The school average is 483. Ants scored 496 out of 499. Amen. Come on, y'all. Bless him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we thank God for that. 496 out of 499. Did y'all hear me? Amen. Yeah, you can keep standing. He said, give me a little bit more of that. I like that. I like that. Amen. 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 Congratulations to you, Ants. We congratulate you and all all of our young people who are doing amazing, amazing things, amen. While, while we're talking about, let me go on and celebrate my own. Is that all right? Amen. My daughter, Anna, and she's probably watching, so I'm going to embarrass you. Why are you in college? I'm, I'm still embarrassing you because that's what I do. Amen. But my daughter, Anna, she's at Ole Miss. Uh, she's in the honors, pro, honors college there. And, 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 and she has yet to make her first B. She, she, had, she hadn't made a B yet. She hadn't made a B yet. Amen. And, and this particular semester, she, she, she's on the chancellor's dean's list, a, the chancellor's honor roll, chancellor's honor roll. And, and this is her second year uh, as a sophomore, but she's actually now a junior because of her. So, so, so Anna, congratulations, sweetheart. Amen. 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 That's, that, that's a daddy moment. Amen. That's a daddy moment. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. We ought to say something about our children. Amen. We ought to say something about our children. God bless you. Listen, do me a favor, turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, 
beginning with verse number 14, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning with verse number 14. And there you will find these words recorded, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child, someone say a child, that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I need you to help me preach this this morning. Say it to your neighbor, stay with the word. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Tell him again, stay with the word. Stay with the word. Stay with the word. If you've been studying with us and going along with us in Bible study for the last few weeks, you know that we have been focusing on our study of the word of God, particularly how to study God's word so that our reading time and our study time is more fruitful, more productive, and more impactful. Uh, we want your reading to not just be for pleasure, but for purpose. Reading God's word is not just something you do for enjoyment, but it is what you do for edification. Uh, yes, so the word of God is given to us for our good as a people, but also for our growth as disciples of Christ. The word of God is given to us that our lives might be better extensions and better expressions of God's love on this earth. The word of God is given to us that we might better understand who God is, what God values, and how God operates and relates to his creation. And when we read the living word, someone say the living word, the living word. When we read the living word of God, God desires for his word to have impact in our lives. The living word is to have an effect on who we are and how we are. The living word. The living word of God should direct our daily path and define our eternal purpose because it is the living word that is given to us by a loving God. Let's say it again, the living word is given to us by a loving God. I hear somebody saying, Reverend, why are you stressing this idea that the word of God is a living word? I stress it because that's how scripture refers to itself. The word calls itself the living word. Where does it say that? At? It says it in Hebrews 4 and 12. It says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The Greek word for quick is zao, zao, which is better translated alive. Alive. The word of God is alive. Hmm. The word of God is also powerful. Powerful is translated in ergase, in ergase, which is translated active. So it is an alive and an active word. 
Jesus says in his teachings in John 6 and 63 that the words that I have spoken unto you, they are full of spirit and of life. Jesus tells the parable of the sower and he likens seed to the word of God. Seed produces life. When the devil is trying to tempt Jesus to turn stones into bread, Jesus responds, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word. The word is alive and active and yields life. Word of God is life-giving, life-changing, and life-sustaining. So when you read the Bible, you are not just reading some ancient word that is old and out of date, but it is a living word that is alive and active and relevant to today. It is an ancient text that has modern-day application. It is an ancient text that has right now meaning. It is an ancient text that contains everlasting truth. This Bible, yes, it's over 3,000 years old, and yet God's word is alive today. It has a living experience right now, a living word to affect change, a living word to impact lives, a living word to make things happen right now in your life in 2024. It's a living word. That's what Isaiah says in Isaiah 55 and 11 when he says, So shall my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the thing where I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. The word of God accomplishes God's purpose in and through our living. And so today, if you get nothing else from this sermon, leave here knowing that God's word is alive. It's a living word, and it has application to your life today, today. My goal is very simple this morning. It is to help our youth in particular, but it is to help all of us to understand our need to stay in the word. <clears throat> stay in the word. I know you've grown, and you've been gone and on your own. For a long time, stay in the word. I, I, know, I know some of you who are watching right now, you're in college and, and you're learning new things, you're discovering new things, stay in the word. I know your professors are exposing you to new beliefs and new systems of thought and new religions and new philosophies and a way to see the world through new eyes. I know that this world is a smaller place now in the sense that we are blending more of our cultures in an effort to become more tolerant and more inclusive and more diverse. And all of that is good and all of that has its place but as a child of God, you need to stay in the word. Stay in the word and stick with the Bible. Stay in the word and stick with the Bible. Why? Because God's word is unlike any other book that has ever been written. It's unlike any other book that's ever been written. Written. The Book of Mormon is believed to have been translated by one man, Joseph Smith, in 1830 over the course of seven years. The Quran is believed to have been written by one man, Muhammad, in the year 632 over the course of 23 years. 
But the Bible is different because it has 66 books written by 40 authors over the course of 3,400 years. And the mystery of it all is that 40 different authors writing 66 books over the course of over 3,000 years tell one unified story. And if you don't think that's something, think about the fact that it takes, it's hard to get four people to say the same thing. It's hard to get four of us to agree on and, st and stick with and stay with the same story. Wish I had a witness here. Do I have a witness in the house? But, but because these 40 different authors are writing 66 books guided by the power of one God, one Holy Ghost, we have one unified story that tells the story of God's creation, man's fall, Israel's restoration, the Father's redemption, and our adoption through his son's crucifixion. You missed your shout. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying ain't no book like this book this is no ordinary book this is the living word of God that we can trust and live by that's why Paul is telling his spiritual that's what Paul is telling his spiritual son in the very text that we've read Paul at this point of his life is a much older man in fact, he is preparing for his own departure, his own demise, his own death. It is in the very next chapter, chapter 4, where Paul writes those familiar words in verse 6, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul is ready to sign off. But before he catches a chariot and rides into glory, he pins this letter to Timothy. Encouraging him to stay with the word. Why? Because Paul has evidently surveyed the times and the culture and he knows what Timothy is up against. He has looked at the mores of man and the sensibilities of society and has come to the conclusion that as a preacher, Timothy is going to be ministering the word of God through a cultural and a sociological shift. Times were changing, norms were shifting, the people that were behaving in certain ways and the things that people believed, the manner that people related to each other, all of these things were shifting and changing and things that were thought to be unnormal were becoming normal, things that were thought to be ungodly were seeming to become okay. Kind of sounds like today. And Paul writes this letter to Timothy to say to him, Timothy, stay with the word. Stick with this living word of God. Listen to how chapter 3 begins. Chapter 3 begins, verse 1, he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. With an un, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, he says, turn away. So Paul is trying to prepare Timothy for a world that he's about to face as a young preacher. 
But when you think about it, certainly people have been this way for a long time. People have been unthankful and unholy. That ain't nothing new. Wish I had a witness in here. There, there have always been covetous and boastful and proud people in the world. There have always been truce breakers and false accusers and lovers of pleasure in the world. There have always been angry and wrathful and spiteful people in the world. The difference is that Paul knows that Timothy hadn't been around them. Paul knows, watch this y'all, I'm going somewhere. Paul knows Timothy's upbringing. He, he knows Timothy's grandmother Lois and Timothy's mother Eunice and the way that they have brought him up reading, studying, and living in the word. And because Timothy has been raised in a godly context, Paul is preparing Timothy for a world that is beyond his own. I'm talking to you young people. I'm talking to you young people. You've been raised in, in godly homes and you've, you've heard the scriptures read and you've, you've been in Sunday school and you've seen your teachers and you've heard the preacher and you've heard the deacon. But there's a world beyond this world where folk are mean and nasty. Don't love the Lord and don't care nothing about you. Folk are, are cold-minded and and cold-hearted and, and will use you till they use you up. And so Paul is taking the time to tell Timothy about a world that is beyond the world that he grew up in. And he says to him, in spite of everything that you're going to experience, in spite of everybody you're going to have to deal with, stay in the word. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. Look at it. He says in verse 14, yes, you're going to see all these kinds of people, meet all these kinds of situations, be met with these and confronted with all these types of issues, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child. Thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. In other words, Timothy, stay with the word. You're going to see things you've never seen before. You're going to hear things you've never heard before. You're going to be introduced to lifestyles and people doing things you never thought were possible. But don't become dissuaded or persuaded away from your faith. Don't get taken off track. Stay in the word. And he is stay there for two reasons. Reason number one, because of the source. Look at what he says. Because of the source. And then reason number two, because of the subject. Reason number one, because of the source. He says, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. In other words, you know where you got this from. <laughs> you, you, you've heard the word preached. You've heard the word taught. And you know who taught it to you. You, 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 know, you know who's been standing in front of you. you. You've seen our lives. You've seen the fruit that we bear. You can trust the source that it comes from. One of the reasons we get in a lot of trouble is because we take stuff that folks say and don't check out the source. 
if they can say it well and if they can put some charisma on it and, and sound like it's sound, then we just take it for what it is without ever checking out the source. You better look at where it came from. You better see who's talking to you and, and examine their lives and see if they got any evidence in their own living to back up what they're telling you. Don't let them sell you a bill of goods and they can't live what they're talking about. He said, you know where you learned this. You, you learned it from us. And we're not perfect, but we're striving. We don't always get it right, but, but we're always trying to do the right thing. He says, so check the source. He said, but then secondly, look at the subject. The subject, the subject is, he says, verse 15, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ. He says, the subject of what you learned ultimately is for your own salvation, not through us, but through Christ Jesus. In other words, watch this. We didn't preach us. We preached Jesus. We, we didn't preach our own religion. We preached that that which was given unto us and that which has changed our lives, that which our lives have been built on. And we give to you the best of what's been given to us, Jesus Christ, the man from Nazareth, Jesus Christ, the one who suffered, bled, and died, Jesus Christ, the one upon whom I breathe, live, and have my being, Jesus Christ. So the source and the subject are trustworthy. Somebody comes along giving you smoke and mirrors that speak to some perhaps broken part of who you are. And before you know it, you're leaving the church, leaving your faith, leaving your family. That's how cults get started. Leave the church, leave the faith, leave your family. Folk have to wonder what happened to you. Stay in the word. Stay with the word. Because the source and the subject are trustworthy. So this text, and I'm through, this text offers us four quick, somebody say quick. Offers us four quick reasons why believers need to stay in the living. I just made somebody get brunch on time. Four reasons why believers need to stay in the living word. Number one, number one, because God's word is given to inform our world view. God's word is given to inform our worldview. Look at it, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine. In other words, how we see the world and how we understand how we relate with one another in this world, we see and we develop through God's word. Hmm. Uh, Theta Scalia. You say, what is that? Uh, that's the Greek word for doctrine. 
didascalia. It's the word from which we get our English word didactic, which you teachers know means instruction. I know a little Greek. Uh, didascalia, uh, doctrine, it, it is didactic, it is it is teaching, and Paul says the living word of God, which is inspired by God, is good for teaching. And teaching is meant to convey a particular perspective, a way of thinking, a way of seeing things, a way of understanding, a way of relating, a world view. So what Paul is saying to Timothy and to us is that we should base our world view upon the living word of God. Mm. I'm teaching better than you talking. We, we, we should see the world and everything in the world through the lens of God's word. Our world view should be shaped by God's word. Here's the problem. We do it just the opposite. We, 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 we look, we, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we look at God's word through our own world rather than looking at the world through God's word. Are you hearing me? We, we, should view, we should view the world and all that man's allow and all that man adopts and all that man does through the lens of God's word. And where we get into trouble is when we try to read God's word through the lens of our world rather than seeing our world through the lens of God's word. Am I making sense to anybody? Uh, we do damage to the inter interpretation of God's word when we read it through our own culture, through our own norms, through our own tradition, through our own ways. And we read into the text what's not there. Rather, we read into the text what we want to see. Uh, but God's word has not changed. God, Jesus says, not one jot or tittle shall be removed from my word. No, no, this word is an everlasting word. And our worldview should be shaped and informed by the word of God, not the other way around. Point number two, God's word, God's word, God's word, God's word not only informs our worldview, but God's word is given to transform our behavior. Paul says, Paul says it's good not only for doctrine, but it's good for reproof and for correction. Reproof means rebuke. And rebuke is not just about scolding, but rebuke is about repentance. It's about repentance through conviction. And a lot of us want to argue with folk and scold folk, but never walk folk through repentance. We just want to point them out and tell them why they're wrong and not show them how to transform their behavior. But the word of God is a living word that is good for the transformation of, okay, 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 who better than Paul to talk about transformed behavior. You do remember who Paul was 
before he was Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus was riding on his beast headed to kill Christians because that's what he did. He, he was a terrorist of those who believed in the name Jesus Christ and he was on his way to persecute some more Christians and while he was riding on his beast on that Damascus road a light shined down from heaven knocking him off of his beast and blinding him. A voice comes down from heaven saying Saul, Saul why persecutest thou me? He looks up with blinded eyes and says who are you Lord? And he says I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. And it's in that moment that Saul's transformation begins. He leaves there, not Saul, but Paul. He, he leaves there convinced that what he had been doing was wrong. He leaves there convinced that he needs to make a turn and, and repent from his ways. He leaves there rather than being a murderer, becoming a missionary. He leaves there rather than persecuting, preaching. He leaves there with transformed behavior. Because that's what the living word does. transforms you and if the word has not transformed you you ain't reading it right if the word is not changing you if the word is not causing you to look at yourself and say no I got to do better I, I got to do better than this. This, this this ain't right this ain't right I've been this way too don't look at me like that look at yourself If you're reading it right, the, the word of God will confront you with you. Confront you with your ugliness. Confront you with your meanness. Confront you with your wretchedness. Confront you with your sinfulness. Confront you with your unrighteousness. Confront you with everything that's wrong about you and demand of you to transform yourself. I woke up like this. Yeah, I might as well buckle up. It's... Thirdly, thirdly, it's not only good for rebuke and for correction, but thirdly, God's word will reform our thinking. God's word will reform our thinking. Paul says that this word is profitable, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. There's another place where Paul makes a very similar claim in Scripture in Romans 12 and 2. He says, be ye not conformed to this world, but what be ye transformed how? By the renewing of your mind reason some of us find it so difficult to change our ways is because our minds have been made up about what we believe for so long and we cannot be convinced to think any differently than how we already think some of you are stuck right now because all you can think about is what you think about You can't get past it. 
You can't get beyond it. And the reason you act the way you act is because you think the way you think. And I'm not talking about anybody because what I've learned, what I've learned is this, is that people who do certain things, the question we should not, should ask is not what's wrong with you. The question we should ask is what happened to you. What happened that caused this kind of thought pattern to be that ingrained in your personality? What happened? What happened for your disposition to be so guarded? What happened? What happened to to make you distrust everybody. What happened? What happened to cause you to look through the lens of pessimism and skepticism and cannot see anything for the good that it is? What happened? Not what's wrong with you, but what happened to you. Some of us have been taught to see people in a certain way and we cannot be convinced to think of them any differently than we think of them right now. We've been taught to believe that it's a dog-eat-dog world and you cannot be convinced of anything else. You've been taught to believe the Machiavellian principle that it's better for people to fear you than it is for people to love you and you cannot be convinced of anything else. You've been taught that you cannot trust anybody and you cannot be convinced of anything else. But the word of God is good not only for transforming your behavior but reforming your thinking. And if you let, somebody say let. If you let the word of God, it will renew your mind so that you think differently on matters. Some people look through all of life with pessimistic lenses, always seeing the negative, always believing the worst in people, always assuming that folk are up to something, always looking for the angle, always living with your guard up because life has taught you that I can't trust anybody. You've always had to defend yourself. You've always had to fight for yourself. But that's the kind of context you were raised in. It's not the kind of context you live in. I know you had to fight to survive. But that was then. Is it possible that life has changed? I know you had to question everything you ever told because everybody always lied to you. But is it possible that things have changed? This is what Paul means when he says in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. If you let it, God's word will transform your thinking and you won't have to, be, you won't have to dominate everybody. You can become a servant to everyone. You won't have to live in a state of constant skepticism, but whatsoever things are true and lovely and honest and of good report, 
And if there be any beauty and if there be any praise, you can then think on those things. Because your thinking has been transformed to see beauty where it exists. To accept truth where it lives. To receive honesty when it presents itself. And to appreciate that which is lovely without the fear of being fooled. Finally, and I'm done. God's word, lastly, will conform your image. Verse 17, and I'm done. Here's how this text ends. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. Someone say perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, when Paul uses the word perfect, please understand that none of us will ever reach perfection in this life. You and your perfect self. The devil. Not in this life. You will never be perfectly good, perfectly holy, perfectly right. The best that we can do is allow our image to be conformed to that of Christ, that we then reflect who he is. The term, the term, the term perfect, I'm going to my seat. The term perfect actually means, y'all, complete. That's what Paul is saying. He said, listen, let this living word stay with this living word. And if you stay with it, here it is, it'll complete you. It'll complete you. For we are all works in progress. We are all on our way to becoming. We are all on this faith journey making steps day by day. But when we stay in the living word and stay with the living word, we can be assured that it works in us to complete who we are becoming in Christ Jesus. It will then conform our image until we look more like Jesus, talk more like Jesus, think more like Jesus, behave more like Jesus, relate to others like Jesus did forgive more like Jesus engage more like Jesus until we reflect more of Christ having conformed our image to his I leave you with these words these words of the apostle Paul in Philippians 1 and 6 and I am sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ we're not there yet but stay in the word, stick with the word, and he who began a good work in you will complete it. Let, let me say it a Buckley way. He going to finish what he started. Wish I had a witness in here. He's going to finish what he started. You say, I've been walking with him a long time. Stick with him. He's going to finish what he started. I'm not there yet. That's all right. You're not what you used to be. He's going to finish what he started. I don't think the way I used to think. Good. Keep on walking with him. And, and then you won't do what you used to do. He's going to finish what he started. I am convinced and persuaded that God will complete 
every good work. What that means is this, y'all. Don't beat up on yourself too much. Be convicted. Be confronted. But after that and after repentance, get up and go on. The devil wants you to stay stuck in your mistakes, to stay stuck in your past. The devil wants you to give up on ever becoming and, and being completed. But, but God said he will finish what he started in me. What I've got to do is stay with the living word. He is the living word. Bread of heaven sent down from glory many things you were on earth a holy king a carpenter are the living word, awesome ruler, gentle redeemer, God with us, the living truth, and what a friend we have in you, you are the living word, awesome ruler, gentle
Yeah. You are. You are the living word. You are, you are. My God, you are. <laughs> Sing it. You are. You, you are, are the living word. Hmm. <laughs> My God, my God, he is the living word. Thank you for your living word. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody, sing it together. You are the living word. You are the living word. If you're here this morning and you know that you just heard the living word, the living word pierced your heart. The living word touched your spirit. The living word spoke to your situation. The doors of the church are open to you right now. The living word of God deserves a response. The living word of God deserves a response. And if you're ready to say yes, that's the response. If you're ready to restore yourself, that's the response. If you're ready to give your heart to the Lord, that's the response. Because the living word has gone forth. Now, it's your turn. The living word met you where you sat. The living word convicted you of yourself. Now respond saying, Lord, here am I. The doors of the church are open. Wherever you are, you can come now. My letter by Christian Experience as a candidate for baptism. If you've not given your life to Christ, but you're ready to give your life to the Lord right now, I invite you to come. Come right now. Meet us right here. Meet us right here. You are. You are the living word. If you're watching online, you can connect with us. Scan the QR code wherever you are. You come right now. Come right now. Hallelujah. Oh, bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. You are. You are the living word. My God, my God. If you don't have a church home, you've been visiting churches, but you've never settled down, you've never anchored yourself, rooted yourself in one church, or perhaps you have been into a church, but it wasn't the right one, and, but the Lord has brought you here this morning. You are the living word. And the living word has spoken to your heart. There's one response for you to make. And the response is you standing and coming and walking right now saying, Lord, here am I. I don't believe I'm here by accident or a coincidence, but by your living word. The doors of the church are open now. Come now. Come now. Hallelujah. Bless your name, God. Bless your name, God. Thank you, Lord. You are, you are the living word, bread of heaven, sent down from glory. Many things you were on earth, a holy king, a carpenter. You are, you are the living word, bread of heaven. Bread of heaven sent down, sent down from glory. Many things, many things you were on earth, all for the king, the carpenter. You are, you are the living. 
awesome ruler, awesome ruler, gentle redeemer, gentle redeemer, <laughs> God with us, the living truth, and what a friend we have in you. You are, you are the living awesome ruler, awesome ruler, gentle redeemer, gentle redeemer. God with us, the living truth, and what a friend we have in you. I like to call him Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. That's what we call you. That's what we call you. Yeah. Nature born, but on a tree, you died to save humanity. You are the living word. Jesus, 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 that's what we, that's what we call you. Manger born, manger born, but on a tree, you died to save Still have time. Can we lift that name up one more time? Come on. Jesus, 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 that's what we call, that's what we call you. Manger born. You are the living word. Jesus, Jesus. That's what we call you. That's what we call you. Manger born. Manger born. But on a tree. Come on, if you love him, stand to your feet. Jesus, Jesus. That's what we call you. Born. Born, born on a tree, you the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Bless his name. When you came into the service this morning, you should have received the elements, the bread and the wine. This is the fourth Sunday. We celebrate this Jesus, this Jesus who was manger born, who died on a tree to save humanity. This Jesus, who gave his hands to nails, gave his side to a spear and his head to a crown of thorns. This Jesus, this Jesus whom the Roman soldier said, surely this, this must be the child son of God. This Jesus, who when leaving this earth simply said this, 
do this in remembrance of me. If you're in need of elements, won't you raise your hands, lift your hands, and deacons are coming now to make sure all are served. If you will lift your hands, if you don't have elements, there's one in the back there, two in the back there. God bless you. Anyone in the balcony? Are we good in the balcony? God bless you. We need, okay, we're good in the overflow. God bless you. Give us word in the fellowship hall. Any in need in the fellowship hall? Bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bless his name. I don't know about you, but I thank the Lord that this place is filling up again. I thank the Lord that we're at a place where the people are gathering again. You ought to shout right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bless his name. On the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, break it and blessed it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us eat together. Likewise, in the same manner, he took the cup and blessed it, saying, this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for the remission of sin. As often as we do this, we do show forth his death and suffering until he comes again. Let us drink together. And when they finish, what did they do, Pat? <laughs> What a blessing. Leaning on. Come on, everybody, sing. Leaning. We are leaning. We are singing. Let me ask quickly before we leave. Jacqueline, are you here? Jacqueline? Jacqueline Pendleton, are you here? Jacqueline? Jacqueline? Yes? No? Okay. Huh? Okay. All right. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, I understand. Uh, maybe she was here earlier, but, but um, this is one of our newer members. Uh, her sister had been shot um, and, and was in the hospital for some time. Uh, but her sister is out of the hospital. She is well. My understand. She was here last Sunday. Okay, that was last Sunday. Bless his name. Well, you know, I wasn't here last Sunday. Bless it. So I missed that. God bless you. Congratulations. Bless God. Bless God for the recovery. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, let us sing together. Amen and amen. Amen.